Hello, everyone, and welcome into Reset with Lexi. Today, you'll be hearing from a very dear friend of mine, one of the strongest, most loyal, courageous individuals I have ever met. She is the embodiment of a true boss bitch. Dylan Hornoff, welcome to the show. Hello, what's up? How are you, Lexi? <laughs> Thank you for that intro. Wow. <laughs> you deserve it. Okay. I've got nothing but love for you and admiration. You have such an inspiring story to tell. You want to introduce yourself and start from your move across the country? Yes, I'd love to. I uh, am super excited to share this story because I feel like it will resonate with a lot of people who want to just kind of take big risks and go all in on themselves. And definitely, really, I mean... What's up, everyone? My name's Dylan. Um, I actually have known Lex, what, since junior high? Yeah. <laughs> Long time ago. So we go way back. Born and raised in Illinois, moved out to Arizona. And I've been out here for, gosh, almost four years now. So yeah, essentially what happened was I was sick of Illinois. <laughs> no offense, Lex. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, trust was, me, I'm feeling that too. Yeah, I was sick of it. I just couldn't do the cold and I, um, I'm a big risk taker and you guys will hear that in my story and I'm all about just going all in on yourself. So I decided randomly that I wanted to just up and move. So after college, I literally randomly decided that I'm going to go to Arizona. I had actually never been to Arizona at all. Um, and within 20 minutes, I got off the plane and signed a lease without even looking around the state. <laughs> uh, and I remember when you did, I was like, you are yep. so crazy. Like who yep. does that? I know it is wild. Cause like, I've literally never been out there and yeah, I just kind of realized in that moment that if I wanted to move back home, I could. And I kind of just went for it. And obviously I loved it. I stayed. Before you moved down, did you find a job or did you go down there without a job? Actually, this is a funny story. And if my dad listens, sorry, dad. Um, <laughs> um, so anyways, I, my dad said, if, you, if you're going to move across the country, you need to have a job. And I was like, you know, bet let's, let's look for one. So I applied to all these random positions and I got offered a position at a call center actually. And I got the offer letter emailed to me which I emailed to my dad. <laughs> and I went out there, obviously got out to Arizona. Like I said, signed the lease and whatnot. Knew there was no going back. And I actually called the company a few days before my start date and said, I'm not starting. Like I've changed my mind. I'm what? So I had no job. <laughs> oh my God. I did not know that. That's the only reason I got that job was to prove to my dad that I had a job. But then when I got there, I knew I didn't want to work at a call center. Obviously, I just really got it for my dad. And then I took it upon myself. I actually interviewed at like 12 different places. Um, and that's where I ended up in logistics, like freight and supply chain, which is not my degree. My degree is exercise science. <laughs> and I went with logistics because I tried to be a trainer out there since I was a trainer back in Illinois. Um, but they wanted to pay me little to nothing with hardcore hours, like morning and the night shifts and all these things. And I was like, I don't want to do that. So I went without a job for like a good month and a half. Then I got hired in logistics. And yeah, that's a whole different story. <laughs> so you go down there and you you enter the corporate world. And how was that for you? Just being out of college, going from training, jumping into the corporate world. 
Tell me your experience. What was your first thought? How were the people? How was the energy? So I actually decided to work for this company because the boss, he actually, he was the VP of the company and they were just so laid back. I say they, because him and his wife actually both work for that company in separate divisions. And I just loved them. So I knew nothing about logistics, nothing about freight, pretty much like they said, you know, do you want to go the recruiting route? Or do you want to be more of like the assistant of like the VP and like all these things? And I was like, I'll be the assistant. Why not? I knew I didn't want to be a recruiter. So I just went for it because I liked them. And I figured why not? But I did not last. I lasted seven months in corporate. So I really genuinely loved the environment, the people, the job was decent. I mean, I just wasn't doing what I loved. And I really, truly did not want to grow in that field. I actually got promoted around that six month mark and I was offered a sales position. I was only making about $35,000 at the time annually. And that position was going to get me up to like 100, 150K. And so when I got offered that, six months in, I was like, yeah, that's a no brainer. Like that's a huge pay jump. Why would I not? So I said yes, actually to that position. And then from there, while they were trying to fill my assistant position, I just kind of sat with myself and I kept thinking to myself, if I see this money, I'm going to get stuck. So within those, you know, four weeks of them trying to find my position, which ironically, and I feel like this comes back to like how things are supposed to happen the way that they're supposed to happen, whatever you want to call it, the universe, <laughs> energy, signs. It really is going back to the idea of I wasn't supposed to go into that position at all because they could not find someone. I know the first person they interviewed to fill my spot was caught with <laughs> drugs, actually. They got tested and they were like, nope, can't. And then the second person they tried to fill my assistant position with, they just backed out last minute. So all these things kept happening where they're like, we can't teach you your sales job until we find someone for your assistant job. Like we can't move you yet. So, you know, weeks went on where I was just sitting with myself like, man, I, do I really want the sales position? Like they keep not finding someone. I kept getting in my head and just kind of came down to like, I don't want to see the money or I'll get stuck in corporate. And this is not my passion. That's kind of crazy how the universe worked in that way, how it was right. giving you so much time to really mm -hmm. like Thanks. contemplate. Is this something I really want to do? Is this something that's going to fulfill me Yeah. instead of just the material egotistic like money? Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. And I got tempted, you know, of going from a 35,000, I think it was either 35 or 40K base where I was at to like my base increasing to like 60 and then like endless sales opportunities. So I definitely, the numbers were there. He was going to give me a lot of his top people like immediately. Anyone that knows freight or logistics it is very male dominant. So for me to come in and be a woman selling to trucking companies and agencies, it would have been great, but I just knew my passion wasn't there. And yeah, it was the ego drive of like, well, I could make a lot of money, but I'm like, I can make a lot of money doing what I want to do though. You know? <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I remember when you moved there and you got that job and you would like call me and you would say, how you just hated going and working in a cubicle. You hated being in the office and you really enjoyed the people in the job, not even the job itself, but your environment that you were in. But it was just the fact that you had to be 
somewhere where you didn't want to be. And not just that, but you were in a new environment. You were brand new to Arizona and you were meeting all these people. I've been there a few times and it's beautiful. The energy there is just different. So being new there and then having to be at work in an office instead of doing whatever you really wanted to do, it was taking the energy out of you. I could tell like your light was just like fading and dimming. Yeah. So then you, you quit one day. I quit. (laughs) And I remember the video that you took, you even posted on social media on Instagram and you were crying. Like you were just walking out. You just quit. And I could tell, oof, you were scared. There was a huge fear around quitting and going all in in your business. You want to talk about that? Yes, of course. Yeah. That day was terrifying. I mean, you got to think of it this way. I just got offered like well over double of my salary. And over those weeks of sitting with do I really want to do this? Like before they fill my position, I knew I had to make the jump because I respected my boss so much that I was like, if they do find someone and he starts training me in the new position, I would feel guilty knowing that I would want to quit eventually and go all in on my dream. And ironically, it kind of all, it made sense to him because I was actually doing nutrition for his wife who again, worked for the company. So he was already paying me (laughs) to do. Oh my God. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I had been doing, as I mentioned, I was a trainer um, in Illinois. I just got my degree obviously at Northern Illinois. And so my passion was clearly in fitness and nutrition. Um, And I would do little things on the side. You know, I was still coaching a few people, but very minimal. And yeah, when I brought it up to him, it was actually like a random Thursday. I just kind of like walked in and I was like, so overwhelmed, so anxious, but I knew it needed to be done. So I quit and yeah, just walked in, had the conversation, tons of tears. I just felt not bad, but like, holy shit, what am I doing? I just got offered double, if not more. I had amazing benefits, all these things. And then life-changing. Yeah. Life-changing. Like, oh my gosh. And I was only making a couple hundred dollars off coaching. So I went from like a job with benefits to like no income, like pretty much was stability to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So terrifying, obviously. And, um, he respected it. He knew right away. He's like, I get it. Like, you know, go follow your dreams. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to open my own business. He's like, okay. (laughs) Like you got this. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I walked out that day. He let me like leave as soon as I said it, just because I was a mess and so scared. And I went directly to Starbucks and started to create marketing and started to like figure out my game plan. Cause I was like, holy shit, like my income is about to cut off <laughs> real quick. <laughs> so yeah, I just kind of went all in from that very day. And I know that there were external factors too. Like you were meeting so many young people down there, entrepreneurs that were probably just like feeding your energy, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, I can do this. Like if they can do this, I can do this. Totally. Yeah. I feel like Arizona definitely plays into that just because the lifestyle is very different than Illinois. But at the end of the day, I feel like I've always known I'd wanted to do my own thing um, in the back of my head. Like even when I was like, six years old, I set up like a book stand in my front yard. And anyone that walked by, I was like, you want to buy a book? (laughs) I was always like trying. And like, I even made in elementary school. I don't know if you remember those teen bop magazines. This is like throwback. Um, I would take the covers and create wallets out of the covers and I would sell them. I've even made like, yeah, jewelry as a kid when I was um, actually, that was more so in high school. I would create jewelry. I remember I was working at Maurice's, the retail store I worked at. (laughs) And um, this one older woman that I worked 
worked with, she's like, yeah, my, my granddaughter wants like anklets and like bracelets. And I was like, let me walk over to Michael's. I'll sell them to you for 20 bucks. She goes, okay. So I profited, you know, off of that, the bracelets only cost $2 to make. And I would sell them just because any opportunity that I've like seen, I've just gone for it. And so, yeah, I mean, there's always been that like passion there, but again, I really didn't care at this point about the money. I just could not do corporate. And I knew that wasn't my passion and I wouldn't feel fulfilled even if it was a lot of money. Yeah. And you've told me time and time again, you have to go all in if you want to see success. Totally. Yeah. I think a lot of people and like, that's, let's be real. It is scary to go all in, but I think like where I am successful in this is because I do take big risks. And on top of that, I'm consistent as fuck. Like even if I'm not doing well or I'm having a hard month or maybe things are slow or whatever, you know, maybe I'm not getting the reach I want on social media. It's like I, the people that hit that point, they quit. Like they're like, oh, I'm not doing well. I had a bad month. I'm just done. I'm over this. Where me, I'm like, let's keep going. And then I just persevere. So I think the difference there is like continuing to show up always. Hell yeah. And also there were so many limiting beliefs. We all have our own that, you know, were embedded into us as little kids. So I'm sure getting through that was a journey in itself. Oh yeah. I mean, I got tons of hate, not hate, but just like question, like, why would you give that up? Why would you not at least try the position and see if you liked it? Like, why, why would you not want benefits? (laughs) All these little things. And honestly, too, like even my family was like, what are you doing? Like, you know, why don't you build your coaching business up and get the money from the sales job? And then like, then you quit once you have enough. And I'm like, if I don't go all in, I'm going to see the money from corporate and money talks. (laughs) Um, And yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm like, I can't do that. Like I will be working way too hard doing both things and I won't go all in on coaching. Agreed. And so when you left your nine to five and you went all in, how was the beginning of that? Terrifying. Um, I was making little to no money. I actually was pulling directly from my savings. So the positive is I've always been taught as a kid, again, going back to like the limiting belief, save, 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 save. That's all I've known. I've never known to invest in myself. I've never known to take big risks. So this is where the flip, flip of the switch came in as an adult. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I don't know, I just feel like I had all these things creeping up on me. And I truly just feel like me switching that mindset and being like, you know what, screw it. Although I'm going to go broke for a little bit, it's going to be okay. And I was only making gosh, a couple hundred dollars a month from coaching and my rent alone was 700. So I was like selling stuff on Facebook marketplace. I was like even doing DoorDash for a little bit, like trying to pick up some things just because I knew I needed to continue to show up and go all in. And yeah, I was totally draining my savings account, which in the back of my head was so terrifying because I was taught save, save, save. And that kept going lower and lower and lower every month. But then I ended up investing in business mentors with money that I didn't have. (laughs) And that's another risk that I took. You got to start somewhere. Yep. So true. And not just that, but money is an energy, right? It's an energetic exchange and you have to truly believe that it'll come and go. Yes. So important. So when you were just starting, did you have that belief or did you figure that out later on? Like at the beginning, was it like a scarcity, like mindset, like, oh, fuck, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay my rent, my bills? Like, yeah, I think at the end of the day, like I was terrified. It was very scary. 
but I tried because I do feel like that's all I've known. I've never up to this point, like moving to Arizona was the first big risk that I took. And it felt really good when I like, and I hate to say this, but at the end of the day, I was like, I told you so, like I made it out here. I got the job, you know, all these things. Hell and yeah! it felt good. It felt empowering because I was going against the grain of what I was taught. Like a lot of, it's just going back to like, okay, I always thought I'd just grow up in Illinois, be in Illinois. Uh, you know, I started to kind of play with the idea of moving in college, but I just kind of went for it in that moment. But yeah, there was tons of scarcity mindset back in the day because what helps me truly was thinking, what's the worst thing that could happen? I drain my savings. I move back to Illinois, have to move in with my dad. And then boom, I have to start over. That's not the end of the world. I've heard of Yeah, worse. that doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> no, it doesn't. All my friends are over there. And like, it's like, doesn't sound bad. So I was like, okay, Dylan, if you do this now, think about what if it does go well and it has. So I don't know. I think the scarcity mindset, I'm still honestly, Lex, like I still work through money mindset stuff. I feel like it's hard. I feel like that's kind of a big part of my journey is working through money mindset because it is an energy. I totally agree with you. You still look at things as like, whoa, like who would do that or who would invest in that? And now I'm like, take my money when I feel like it's important. (laughs) I'm like, when it's important, I'm like, let's go. You know, this is important for personal development. Yeah. And the grass can be greener on the other side you just have to fucking water it yeah every single day you've got to water it yourself so true so true in order to change your outer reality you have to change the narrative going on in your mind you have to adapt a growth mindset what mindset shifts had to happen so that you could overcome your doubt your fear imposter syndrome Honestly, I've gone through about every mindset shift in the book. (laughs) Um, I'm not kidding. Money mindset shifts, imposter syndrome shifts. I always tell clients too, like my big thing is emotional thinking versus logical. Emotionally, when I went to quit that job, I was crying. I was like, holy shit, what's going to happen to my life? I'm going to be in shambles. I have no 401k. I have no benefits, like all that like scary shit. But then like the logical was like, If you don't do this, Dylan, you will one day be off this earth and be very upset that you didn't go all in on yourself and your passion and what you truly believe in. And really, that was a big shift because, again, like the reality of even where we grew up, Lex, it's like suburbs of Illinois. A lot of people just get the job and have the kids and do the things. And I know like you and I are just different in that. And I've never really seen that from like where we grew up in, or I just never have heard of stories. Um, So I wanted to like create this narrative. So I kept like going against the grain to essentially prove to myself that like I am more. I don't know if anyone listening or you, Lex, I mean, I'm sure you can resonate with this, but I just know in my gut, I'm different. Like I am different. I have a lot to offer. I have a lot to give. I have a huge fucking heart. And like, I knew that this will play out because regardless of all these limiting beliefs, these fears, these what ifs, I'm like, you're a good person with a great heart and so much passion. You're going to do well. And it might take years, but I'm going to get there. (laughs) Totally agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You just know, like, you know, if you have this like feeling and to be honest, again, anyone who's listening, if a dream comes to your like mind and you're like, I really want to do this, whether it's a side hustle or a business, or maybe it's asking someone on a date or doing something random or maybe taking yourself on a date, you're really nervous. 
if that dream or idea comes to you, there is a reason why it comes to you. Act on it. Yes, that is the fucking gold. That is the gold right there. If it comes to you, it's already fucking yours. Mm -hmm. You just have to meet the universe halfway and do your part. Yes, act on it. Yes. Oh my gosh, Dylan, that was so good. Fired up. It's true. (laughs) Facts, baby. Let's go. (laughs) So good. All right. So you built a very successful coaching business from scratch. Yep. From scratch. I, like I said, I went to Starbucks (laughs) the second that I quit. Um, You guys would laugh at my marketing back in the day. (laughs) Threw it together on Canva real quick. But yeah, I just kind of went all in. And like I said, you know, a few months of going broke and realizing shit's not working. I need to do something. I did eventually hire mentors. And that's when my business skyrocketed. And that's why I'm all about investing in yourself. And again, that was a gut feeling of I need to do this or, you know, it will be several more months of not knowing how to have good systems, how to market myself, how to build a team. Um, so I took it upon myself to jump when I didn't even have the money to jump. <laughs> and learn everything yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because I always say like there's there's a few things in life that we can never get back. And one of those things is time. Like you can't get back time. And definitely, I was not willing to wait years to try to figure it out myself because what my ego, oh, I could just Google this. I could just do this myself. Cool. Yes, I could. But these people were successful in what they did. And I, you know, jumped all in and it saved me a lot of time. And, you know, the other thing that you can't get back is your health. So I always tell people time and health, two things that you need to go all in on. So good. (laughs) You're like, I'm fired up today. (laughs) Hell yeah. It took a little bit of time. You know, we had some tech issues, but now we're here. (laughs) We are here. (laughs) So you have been self-employed for four years. You now have five employees. What embodiment did you have to step into over the years? And not just that, you've invested over $100,000 into mentorship. Tell us a little more about that. Yeah, totally. I feel like over the last four years, it's been a lot of growth, of course, because I started as someone who was broke and starting from the ground up. And then, you know, as time went on every single year, you know, even month to month, you had to step into more of the role. And now I'm really in the CEO role of my company. And that's just been such a huge shift because you do have to get past those limiting beliefs. I mean, there was so many times where I'm like, oh, wow, I have to hire? Like, oh, no way. Like, how is this going to work out? And I think you have to already see yourself there and envision it and feel it and go all in on it versus taking that back seat saying I could never because again you already putting yourself there is going to make you feel so confident in that role and over the years I really just kind of tested my abilities as a leader and I think what's so powerful as you do grow in your journey of whatever it is is you have to be so open to feedback and you have to be so open with your team and with yourself when it comes to those things. Yeah, you definitely have to break down barriers and self-doubt. You have to be confident. Yeah. And even with um the 100K, again, I'm all about investing in myself. I will always invest because, again, going back to the time thing. And I like to be the dumbest person in the room. 
I really do. I think that's sure. Right. Oh, yeah. Such a valuable thing. And again, dropping your ego and not going into things thinking I know everything. I've reinvested, you know, obviously several times spending so much money on it and time. But at the end of the day, I go into every investment thinking, how can I learn from others? How can I connect with others? We all are on this journey of life, right? And so many people have so many different experiences. And I take it upon myself and spend money on other people and experiences to connect to put myself out there, make myself feel uncomfortable. I mean, even this past weekend, I joined a new mentorship and I didn't know anyone. And I went to Virginia by myself and just kind of put myself in a room where I wasn't the smartest person. And I did have to kind of feel uncomfortable in those moments. So I always test that limit when it comes to investments. And I highly encourage people invest because at the end of the day, whether it's a poor investment or a great investment, you always learn and you always grow from it. Yes. Earth is a school. Have you heard that before? Yeah, I love that saying. Like we're here to learn big and small, like different lessons, regardless of what it's about. And oh, 100%. It doesn't matter what the lesson is. And yeah, some of my lessons have cost me thousands of dollars. (laughs) Same. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. And again, you can look at that like, oh, what the hell? I spent all this money. Or you can grow and you can evolve and say, okay, I learned this lesson. I'm never doing that again. Yes. So agree. All right. So wrapping up, what advice would you give to someone who's trying to break out of the corporate world who wants to create their own business and become self-employed? I would say go all in, talk to others that already have success in it. My DMs are open. (laughs) And really just realizing that if you don't do it now, when? When will you do it? Because life goes on in a blink of an eye. And if you don't act on this, again, this dream that comes to mind, you're missing out completely on your potential. Yeah, time is going to pass you by and you're just going to get to the end of your life and you're going to have so many regrets. So true. There is so much gold in this episode. I can't wait to play this back and listen to it for myself. Dylan, thank you for coming on to the show and being so open and vulnerable today. I know without a doubt, your story is going to help so many women who are contemplating what their next career move is and inspire them to trust their intuition and to just take the leap. This episode, I mean, there are so many incredible takeaways. Again, thank you. Where can listeners find you? Thank you. I loved coming on. This was so fun. And you guys can find me on Instagram, Dylan J. Fit. You can find me on Facebook, Dylan Hornoff. TikTok is also Dylan J. Fit. I am on every single platform. So I'll see you there. Huge on TikTok. (laughs) What? Huge. Go go creep on my TikToks. They're funny. Yeah, she goes viral. (laughs) She posts amazing, relatable content. Her and her boyfriend, Josh, make the sweetest, funniest videos. You just started doing those. I can't wait for you to share more. Thanks for having me, Lex. I seriously cannot wait to do this again. Same. Thanks for being here. Love you, babe. Love you. This was such a great episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe. See you next time.